Hey everybody, this is Linda Misigatis, and you're listening to An Unconventional Guide to Success, the show that talks about real life with real people for those of you who are interested in learning from others the steps they took on their journey towards success as defined by them. Hello and welcome to An Unconventional Guide to Success. Um, Scott, it's so good to you. Uh, good to see you. It's been a little bit. It has. We've had Thanksgiving. We've moved through some. We're getting ready for the holidays. I'm so excited. I know. And you're going to just sort of unwind things and maybe revamp the platform. And yeah. Sort of move into 2024 with some uh, new look and feel. And I'm excited. Yeah. I know. I just think taking it, taking it slow into the end of the year. Well, you know, sometimes that's a better way to do it. And this year, I feel like the holidays just like burst upon us. Um, and I had thought about, but somebody said this was um, a really early Thanksgiving because of yeah. the way that the month fell. And so you don't normally have Thanksgiving so early. And so it it kind of like was there and gone. I, I feel like it was a blip on the screen where normally you at least get a chance to prepare for it a little bit, but not this year. So my Christmas tree's been up for four weeks already, yeah. and I'm ready to take it. Are <laughs> you ready to take it down? Yes. yes, I'm waiting for my dogs to knock it over with this new puppy. He's like uh, runs through, and um, and it's just I'm just waiting for it to topple over. I've already had to remove the skirt and the this and that. I'm like I don't even know why I have it up anymore. So, <laughs> well, the new set new set of kids don't need trees. Right? No, no, they do not. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, we don't have any little people. So, uh, so yeah, it's really just for our own pleasure, which is becoming. More more of a hassle than a pleasure. So, yep. um, but yep. well, we're excited to have Dina um, here with us as well. Dina Simon, welcome to the uh, studio. Yes, Thank welcome. You. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Are you getting okay. all ready for Christmas? And um, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was great. Um, like you, I feel like, you know, Thanksgiving was just like here. I feel like Christmas is next week. Um, I have a joke. I'm telling everyone, you know, let's circle back in 2024. Um, so yeah, right. we have our tree up. I have a little one. She's seven. So we had no choice, Aww. but um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the holiday season. Good. Of, oh, little people, yeah, little kids. people make yeah. it the best. Yeah, I totally mm -hmm. agree. Once once I get older, it's holidays. not nearly as um. I don't think it's as fun, but I'm not uh, but I to think it. yeah, no, little no, people I get, are bring I got, it. I got three Amazon wish lists from mom and dad. <laughs> Santa doesn't exist anymore, no. and the list is longer than anything I bought myself in the last five years. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it just becomes very on demand. So enjoy, yeah. Dina. That seven year old is in the prime. Yes. Spot. I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> but she still thinks Santa's coming, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yes, she does. She does, but she expects other things from other people because <laughs> Santa only brings yeah, one. Right. That's true. That's oh, okay. That's yeah. Right. okay. It's always interesting the different traditions around that for sure yeah. so yeah, yeah my mom and dad well, works hard so <laughs> yeah, we need right. credit absolutely. somewhere that's right Yes, you do. And you should. I agree. No, absolutely. My parents got no credit. Uh, <laughs> it was all Santa. So no, that's yeah. great. I love it. Well, let me just take a minute to introduce everybody to Dina. Um, Dina is actually a shapeshifter, social change agent, and a lifelong public servant. Um, she currently serves as the chief human resources officer at the teacher's retirement system in the city of New York. Uh, prior to her work in this space, she served as chief of staff and executor 
Executive Director of Pay Equity Cabinet at the New York City Mayor's Office, and then later moved on to become the Senior Advisor at the Department of Social Services. She brings over 20 years of robust experience in local government and has held senior leadership positions, including Human Resources Director at NYC Office of the Comptroller, Deputy Commissioner of Human Resources at NYC Department of Correction, First Deputy Commissioner at NYC Department of Correction, Senior Advisor to the Governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands, and Chief of Staff and Senior Advisor at the New York City wow. Department of Veterans Service, uh, uh, Services. Dina holds wow. her master's degree in public administration from Long Island University, CW Post, a Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice from SUNY Brockport, uh, and is a Harvard Women and Power alumni. In recent years, Dina has presided over a variety of impactful projects to support the people and improve the communities around her. And in 2020, Dina joined the New York City Mayor's Racial Equity and Inclusion Task Force responsible for ensuring COVID-19 response and recovery efforts are fair and equitable in the city's hardest hit communities. Dina has received several honors for her outstanding work in the public sector and commitment to community service. In early 2022, she was recognized as one of Crane's C-R-A-I-N-S notable HR leaders. In addition, she was also named to the Network Journal's Top 25 Influential Women in Business. I'm sorry, Influential Black Women in Business. She has also mentored many professionals, most of whom are now senior leaders at their respective organizations throughout the country. So welcome, Dina. And I, and like, I, you know, I got to see Dina speak at the Public Sector Network, and I was just so impressed. And I just, I'm so lucky that I get to meet these incredible leaders across the country. And that just makes such an impact. So I'm like, I need to share Dina with everybody else. I'm so glad, so glad to have you here. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Dina, for joining us. What a wonderful resume. Yeah, 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 it's very impressive for sure. And Dina, if I'm not mistaken too, your family is an immigrant family as well, correct? Yes, yes. Um, I, I actually immigrated from Haiti um, at the age of nine um, and yeah. immigrated to Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, which is just wow. amazing as well. It always just yeah. speaks to um, just the power mm-hmm. of of um, hard work and perseverance and focus, and um, and it, it's exciting. So now I think that's an opportunity. great. An opportunity, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. No, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, hey, Dina, Wonderful. we like to by we I mean me because Scott Here hates this part, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we do it every week. Every, every week episode. we do it regardless of whether Scott likes it or not. So um, I like to start out the show with an icebreaker. And um, mm-hmm. what we uh, so what I'm going to ask you is what cartoon character would you like to hang out with and why? Mm, OK. Um, so I have a seven year old, of course. Um, I think I mentioned that already. And one of her uh-huh. favorite shows is Nella the Princess Knight. And it's this young woman who's a princess and girls are not allowed to be knights. And one day she found this locket um, and the locket has magical powers. It led her to a unicorn that she ended up saving. And as she was saving the unicorn, the locket turned her into a knight. So whenever she runs into challenges or she sees people in danger, trouble, um, she gets discouraged and the locket just turns her into a knight and she becomes Nella the Princess Knight. I love and she that. Saves That's a great so one. I guess HR, 
<laughs> it all connects. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. It all connects at the people connection for sure. What about you, Scott? Who are you hanging out with these days? Yeah, you know, I, I can't hold a candle to the the benevolent ca- cartoon characters. I still like Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. Yeah. And I don't know which one I would take, but I'm always fascinated <laughs> over their day of chase and grit and grind against their, oh, let's take a lunch break together and just hug and love each other. <laughs> and then we'll do it all over again tomorrow. Yeah, it's So, true. you know, I'm not an original on this one, but I do, I really do gravitate towards that one. No, I like <laughs> that one. Well, I'm going to switch yeah. it up this week. I was thinking I'm going to hang out with SpongeBob because SpongeBob Ooh. is one of those, like, he's just like so optimistic. He loves all his coworkers. He always sees the good in everything and everybody and never assumes that you're coming with bad intentions. And I think I could probably learn some things hanging out with SpongeBob. Yes. So, um, so yeah, I thought he would be a good one to to spend time with. So, yeah. you know what's funny about that, one. Linda? I've recently, yeah, it is a good, it is, yeah. I've recently realized that if I just approach life as if no one is ill intended, yeah, it makes it a lot easier to engage with them. And not put your guards up. And so you, re- I relate to that when you talk about SpongeBob. Yeah. Not reali- realizing that no one's coming at the mill intended. It often changes to productivity right out of the gate. Yeah. Yep. I totally so, agree. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. No. Well, good. Well, with that behind us, let's um, launch right into uh, to talking with Dina about yeah. some of the amazing things that she has going on. Um, so recently you launched an apprenticeship program that was really focused on skills-based hiring. So can you talk a little bit about more about that program? Yes, um, we're very excited um, this uh, past October, a few months ago, to launch this apprenticeship program. We partnered with an organization that builds uh, modern apprentice programs um, for talent that have the skills and the qualifications for a role, but may not necessarily have a four-year degree. Um, As we know, Mm. two thirds of Americans do not have a college degree, which leaves thousands of talented Mm -hmm. individuals out of consideration for certain roles and careers. And so we work with this organization. I don't know if I can mention the name. That's why, you know, I'm not mentioning it if you want me to. I can. Um, But we we work with them. I would. I I would. Okay, uh, Multiverse. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so. Multiverse is uh, the. Yeah. Any chance we can press that for you? That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, we work with them. Um, we created um, a lesson plan based on our needs and our needs was really in our IT department. Um, and we brought on six apprentices mm-hmm. um, who joined us as paid wow. employees. Um, the apprenticeship uh, is a 12 month period. They have a coach. They have an advisor. Um, they create programs for them to get those soft skills that they may not have because some of them, this is probably um, their first time in the workplace. Um, and they receive on the job learning and training um, in tech, data analytics, and software management. And after successful completion of the program, um, they'll be offered permanent employment with us. Um, and so as of right now, they have a minimum salary, $60,000 city benefits, they can join the pension, even though they're not done with the program just because of how civil service system is structured. But it's really um, a a great program that we thought um, would fill the gap that we are facing um, in our IT space and in the organization overall. 
Yeah, for resources in general, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. Is that a is that a federally funded uh uh, uh program uh this multiverse or is that an outsource? So what, what's the I, model I on that? I think it can be. Um, you may they may have to mm-hmm. be registered as a workforce development program. So they're actually a um company out of the UK. And we Ooh. at TRS are their first government uh, agency. Um, they're now okay. um, trying to work with Maryland, who actually just announced a couple of uh, uh, months ago that 80% um, of their positions would not require a college degree. And so we mm. had to pay a cost. Uh, it's an investment. So we paid $24,000 okay. for each apprenticeship. For, for each apprentice, wow. wonderful. Um, okay. In addition okay. to their salary, um, so you know they kind of um, they call themselves the Harvard of training, um, and yeah. so they provide kind of like that ecosystem for the apprentice to succeed. I love that. that is fantastic. It's such a great idea, and I lo- what I love about that too. So I don't have my four year college degree, and thinking about programs like that, and how how hard it is for individuals who don't have that because you live in a world of fear and insecurity because you think no one's going to hire you because you don't mm-hmm. have that degree. And to be honest, it is more challenging, right? Because if you look at a ranking system, you're going to rank people with college degrees above people who maybe have years of work experience and maybe have the skills. But how do you articulate that if you never get a chance to be seen or heard? So um, yeah. so I, I love that you guys are doing that program there. Yeah, that that's a good point, Linda, because we had to go through a lot of change management um, to kind of change the man- mindset of our managers, especially yeah. the ones in the IT shop. Um, who are expecting, yeah. you know, these degrees from universities and, you know, got a little bit of pushback. But I think what was important is that the leadership really stood by the program and they knew they had a need. Right. And so what was our motivation to do this? Well, right now we needed to build the bench. Um, over 50 yeah. percent of our IT staff can retire today. They can walk out the door and there is no one else to replace them, right? And so our executive director said, we need to grow our own talent. Um, We're also going through a modernization that's been happening. You know, if you guys are familiar with modernization, it's supposed to be seven years and it becomes 20, right? Um, And so, you know, we're able to kind of build that bench. But also as we looked at at our data and of course, government tracks demographic data, um, you know, women make up 28% of tech work, workforce, right? And only about three to 2% are Black and Hispanic. And so when we look at yeah. our data, we were not trending in the right direction. And what Multiverse yeah. does, and because you brought in that, um, you know, qualification, it provides a more diverse pool. So we're really happy yeah. that we're able to bring in three women out of those six um, apprentices. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. fantastic. No, I love that. There's a lot of need for that out there. And, you know, Linda brings home a good point that I too experienced in my career evolution. And that was always the fear that, you know, need not apply if you don't have a degree. Mm -hmm. And that really has a fundamental effect on your own self-worth, 
your own ability to take care of your family and to get into those opportunities that allow you to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, really nice to hear that program is doing what it's supposed to do. And it has 20 years, maybe seven, but 20 years to evolve also. Yes. yes. Because, yep. you know, the, the, the delays in, in modernization can actually benefit programs like that. Yes. Because absolutely. you get a longer runway. Yeah, too. yeah I yeah. totally agree. That's wonderful. What inspired yeah. you, Dina, around that? Like what, what, because obviously you're a highly educated woman and, um, you know, um, I'm sure you, you know, thinking about that, like what inspired you to be a part of, of all of this and to really kind of help other people in that regard? Yeah. So it's, it's always been kind of innate for me, um, you know, just trying to help people, trying to build um, their skills. You know, my first role in HR was HR generalist. I, I was basically recruiter reviewing resumes, right? I saw a lot of people come, resumes come across my desk, and a lot of them did not have that college degree, but yeah. we couldn't consider them because right. college right. people rose right. to the top, right? Yeah. And so, you know, how do you create yeah. those opportunities um, for folks? Right. And how do you train people? And I, I've always um, development is very important to me. And I think if if you can develop someone, they can then develop others. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was really um, the passion for us and really to just be more inclusive. Um, you know, again, we want to be able to have a workforce that is diverse, inclusive, but bring different ideas on board. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, we feel that it's a win win providing um, a living wage um, for these individuals, um, but yeah. also that they're learning a skill and helping us reach our goals. I love that. Well, That's what's so wonderful. fascinating about that too, when you talk about the living wage is it's such a, you know, if you, without getting political, um, but just thinking about that's part of the problem that we have in this country today is that you have, you know, uh, the cons people who are complaining about, oh, we have to help all of these individuals and, and we're yeah. doing all, but if we were to provide a path forward, which is all anybody wants, right? I mean, yeah. when yeah. you think about a lot of these social programs, they were designed to give people a hand up and to help yeah. them um, to, to have those opportunities. But yes. if you don't provide a path and you don't provide opportunities, well, what are you complaining about then? You know, so then, yeah. then that puts us in a different position. So I think it's really great. I love what you're doing around all of that. And it's such an amazing focus. This is, we need more of these types of programs happening across Agreed. the country. Well, just to jump off and, and to jump off. Of work. <laughs> Especially to yeah. prepare for the And the next generation. Yes. The next totally generation. Yeah. And to just riff off your hand, you know, it is a hand up, not a hand out, yeah. you know, and it yeah. is important that we teach. And I want to go back, Dina, to a little bit of something you said a minute ago. If we give them the hand up and they're learning the soft skills, mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about your soft skills, because I'm a, you know, and, and the podcast was created on the basis of my book, which mm -hmm. talks a lot about what I call leadership skills. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to guess that your soft skills are leadership skills. So if you'll unpack those, I think that's a good segue into the next question. I agree. Too. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I think the soft skills are key um, for success, right? Especially in mm -hmm. a program like this where the apprentice may not be used to that environment. So what is that communication right. skills, right? And so yeah. what we did was we created a mentor, kind of like a buddy for them um, when they came on. Mm -hmm. I've already had one check-in with them and we will continue to do that. But 
They've also uh, paired them with other newer people in the agency, and we've provide them, provided them with resources, right? So it's given them a LinkedIn learning license, right? Working with their coach to see what areas they need to develop. And Multiverse mm-hmm. takes it even further where there's workshops on financial management, right? Um, and just, mm-hmm. the, you know, like how that. do you plan for your future? How do you upskill? Um, once yeah. you get in that role. So we're really, this is a pilot for us and we're really looking forward to not only expanding it, but making sure that it's something that is successful, right? Because at the end of the day, what we also want is we want to be able to retain, you know, the people yeah. that we've invested yeah. in, right? Yeah. Um, and so the, those soft skills, those communication skills, the collaboration, mm-hmm. the teamwork with, which I think with a little yeah. bit of our generation, that's missing a little bit, mm-hmm. especially with COVID. <laughs> Big time. Yes. yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Not just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, we, we talk You don't have to about... be kind on this. You just say it like it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, even I have my own biases about college degree, right? And education. Yes. Yeah. And I think co- what college does provide is that forum and that opportunity to have dialogue, to collaborate, yes. to right. hear different ideas and viewpoints. Yes. And so then yeah. we have to provide that for them, right? Because they may yeah. not have had it and oh, at yeah. least not even at the level that we need them to have it. And so it involves right. creating ERG groups and we're still figuring that out, right? They started yeah. in October um, and creating um, groups and support system for them that supports them, but does not alienate them from the core yeah. team. Yes. Um, yep. So yes. I, I would love to hear, read your book, um, you know, to, to oh, please. see, yeah. um, you know, some of the things um, that we can use. Well, and well, Dana, about, you know, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead, Let Scott. Me, no, yeah, you go right ahead. I just want to riff off please this. Please do, yeah. This is my lane. Yes, you please <laughs> do. Jump in there. <laughs> well, and Dina, thank you for uh, uh, even implying that my book might provide value without having seen it. But it is exactly what we do. And what my interest in this podcast is, it's what WorldGate tries to represent. We have a couple urban technology programs that we get involved with, with the school districts we support. Yeah, I personally want to give back to the coaching community to teach these, yeah. these young entrepreneurs, these young leaders, these new people that weren't exposed to the things you described mm-hmm. through th- uh, trainings and workshops and coaching, mm-hmm. communication, yes. self-care goals all the stuff. And without taking over this, I really wanted to emphasize the importance of that. And I love how you tied it back to a college environment Mm -hmm. because I recently did finally get my four-year degree. University of Virginia has a great program for folks. Thank you. And I did it on a personal bucket list, but what you brought up that I've always been looking for the extra value on was the fact that I was collaborating a lot more than I realized until just right now in that environment and how that allowed me to bring in and communicate with other people. And quite frankly, on the other end of the spectrum, I'd already started my company and I'm already fulfilled. It's I was going back and trying to communicate to that next generation of folks, which is why I jumped on that. And so I had equal opportunity in trying to learn something. Yeah. Yeah. But I really want to, I really want to emphasize the value of that and talk about some of those, um, the communication skills and the things you want to bring. You and I could talk offline on that if yes, I can absolutely. provide philanthropic value or anything on that, you know, just well, maybe we can talk about it. But just moving that along, and sorry, I got all excited because no, that's, that's exactly okay. the wheelhouse of stuff yeah. I like to get into mm-hmm. and this this program. 
Talk a little bit about some of, and I know you're still in, you're you're still moving through how this is going to unfold, and you're in beta, is what yeah. it sounds like. Mm-hmm. But yes. what does it mean, like? So let's let's go into communication a little bit yeah. and talk about the varying styles of communication, right? Mm-hmm. You've got executives who are supporting entry level folks, entry level folks who are trying to speak executive to be impressed. And then how are we communicating? What have you seen or evolved any of that in the in the early stages of this program yet? Not not yet. Um, they're getting into their programs okay. because it's about 80, 20, um, 80 percent at the workplace. Okay and 20% um, with their coaches. But that is a good question that I will ask. But when you mentioned customer service skills, we're dealing with that now. We have a call center because we have our reps Ah. who provide benefits um, information to our teachers. And Mm -hmm. what we've found, um, and we've, a lot of people are experiencing, um, I think, attrition in the customer service space, And when we started doing exit interviews, what we gauge is that a lot of them did not feel confident about the information they were relaying, right? Um, Mm. And those key communication skills, right, wasn't there. And so they didn't feel confident to have that conversation with the teacher, right, to push back because, Mm -hmm. again, you have the teacher of this educated Mm -hmm. um, person. So... It's 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 really amazing how that piece um, is key to getting across and understanding other people's perspective, but also yes. for success, especially in roles that are front uh, serving and your front facing roles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because the nuance of being what's it even more interesting. And I found this throughout my entire career, and I think we can all agree it's not ever you need to know right now. Mm-hmm. It's how you handle not knowing. Yeah, right. And that's exactly. a really key point you're bringing up. The confidence of saying, I got you and I'm not going to forget you, yep. but I got to go find out Right, is really something that has to be taught in that communication. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting yes. that it needs to be taught, isn't it? Yes. We were yes. just talking yes. about this with our CEO yesterday. Um, and he and I are going to do this um, podcast uh or it's an internal thing called the the pod squad that they do and they listen to podcasts and then you know we kind of talk about it a little bit but what we're talking about is communication and one of the things that we were chatting about as we were as we're prepping for this thing next week is that um especially like um and and this i think probably applies to some of the younger generations and speaks to that confidence is that we hide behind um email and and chats and that and if we don't know we just ignore and that yes. nothing drives right. me more crazy right. especially in my yeah. <laughs> like me coming up you responded to an email at least within 24 hours but you certainly did right. not let weeks go by yes. without responding to something right. and um right. and yet and he was talking about that with even his own kids he was saying please please tell me that you responded to them and that you didn't just text them back type of thing and so right. it is it's it's amazing communication is that one thing we will never stop learning about because it's an ever-evolving and changing and multicultural and multi-generation and all of these different things that you need to take into consideration because like I have an expectation if I send you an email you're going to respond to me at least at least in 24 hours but I expect it sooner but it will will at least give you that break and when you don't it's very (laughs) frustrating right Um, and and it's okay to respond and say I don't have the answer or that's that's not my team but just acknowledge maybe you try this group yeah just acknowledge just tell me that you got the information got my question or or receive my email so yeah that's very true 
if I, if you don't mind us drilling into this a little bit more, I know we've got a lot to cover about yep. your history and what you're doing and what you're working on. But in this program, you mentioned coaches, and that is actually an entire chapter, as is communications in the book that I've written. Yep. Tell me, if you would, how that coaching is going, how you selected them, what yeah. feedback you've gotten so far, and how that works in your program. Yeah, so the coaches assign um, to the apprentice um, from on the multiverse side, and the coach also meets okay. uh, monthly with the manager. And so they talk oh, about some okay. of the challenges that the manager may be experiencing and areas that they would like the coach to focus on. So, so far, okay. it's it's working um, and managers, yeah. they feel good that they have someone else who can kind of support and reinforce um, certain things. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of so sense. So is this a, is this a pay, are these paid co- coaches that multiverse yes, is they're part of the, they, the, I, part of they're the part of the 24th K that we pay the multiverse. Yeah. Okay. So the okay. package includes yeah. the Wonderful. training, the coach. And these sessions that they have where they can network and kind of learn some of the soft skills. What's so your thought on coaching? Uh, I'm sorry, Scott. I was just wondering, like, do you know what's been your experience with coaching? Because I'm sure that probably played a role in what you're doing from the program perspective. So maybe yeah. talk a little bit about yeah, your experience with I mean, coaching and your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, coaching, I think, is key. And I mean, I think it's it, it's used at all levels. Um, you know, I think people do it, but we may not be comfortable putting a name to it because we think there needs to be something, you know, you don't have the credentials to be a coach. Right. And so what I tell a lot of my leaders is you're doing some of these things, right. It's, it's, it's called coaching, but, you know, just motivating someone, giving them feedback, right. That's coaching. And so one of the things that we're doing in HR, we're going through an HR transformation, and we're shifting from administrative to advisory and coaching, right? Yeah. Um, and go. we find advisory. that that's what leaders need, um, especially in our in our sector, right? Where you're dealing with mm-hmm. union, you're dealing with personalities, yep. and then just everything mm-hmm. around just the day to day, right? And a lot of people don't know how to handle it or to manage. And it's good to hear. Um, that sounding board. Um, we actually launched um, post-COVID, um, and this was prior to me, um, they launched a mentoring um, uh, program. And a lot of it is the coaching um, with other leaders. So it's very important for us um, in our organization. Um, and just, I think it's important for just anyone, right? Yeah. Um, because I think it helps. And like you said, it's like communication is continuous because there's always something yeah. to learn. Mm-hmm. Mentoring, coaching, advising. I mean, that's such an important aspect of soft skills, leadership skills. And really what's interesting is the most important piece of what's missing right. sans a degree. Yeah. right. Because yes. those are the things that actually come right. as a result of obtaining knowledge in a certain area. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 How did you find, how do you, how do you, um, how do you go about, and maybe you were, maybe it was before your time, but I was, I was going to ask you how you go about finding multiverse. If someone is watching our podcast and they want to create a program for their organization and they're not federally funded school districts and UTP yeah. and urban technology, this and the other, how do they, how did you guys start that? And where did multiverse pop up? Yeah. So, I mean, you can um, Google them. You'll see all the, the work they've done since they've been in the U S sure. 
Um, they've worked with American Express. They've worked with a number of airlines. Um, I found them at a Forbes Future of Work conference. Um, oh. And so another piece that I think makes multiverse work is they partner with nonprofit organization that helps and support these people who are mm. looking to learn soft skills. And so yeah. one of the main organizations they work with is 110.org, um, which was founded by uh, uh, Charles Chenault, a former um, American chairman of American Express. And so post-COVID, he created this organization of basically creating one million jobs, and I forgot what year, um, for people of color, living wage jobs where they can earn at least $75,000 so they can, you know, yeah. sustain a family. Um, and so Multiverse partner mm -hmm. with a lot of these community groups to bring these apprenticeship in. Um, and that's how they connect with us. And so for us, because we're government, of course, you know, you have to go through the processes of getting it approved. And sure. again, you know, um, I thank my leadership because this was important. And so they found mm -hmm. money in the budget for these six new roles, in addition to money, you know, uh, to, to fund uh, the training program. Um, and so that was very helpful. Wonderful. And then there's the government piece where, you know, you have that extra layer of bureaucracy of legal documents. Yep. And so we ended up what? putting it out as an what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, so we had no to go idea. through different procurement processes, um, but it was a little bit simpler for us because we're non-mayoral, which gives us a little bit more flexibility yeah. um, when we get into contracts. Yeah. And so we start, I started my conversation with them November of 2022. Um, and okay. um, we, Wonderful. Apprentice came on in October. And so they need at least six months to work with you um, mm. to do some analysis on the role um, to yeah. create um, the schedule. Um, one, we have one individual who has a three month uh, boot camp um, in the software oh, yeah. um, engineering. Um, and so Great. they would like it to be cohort. So there's also a time factor of when they start classes. Um, so yeah. it's really good because then they also get to work with others in the private sector um, and yeah. in American Express, awesome. especially. Um, during these meetups um, and these sessions that they have, and then also the resources that they have um, from these, you know, big tech places. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I yeah. again, I, I think it's a good program, very successful in the UK, and yeah. um, I, I think it's really can be a game changer. I think for um, a lot of our communities in the US. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate I like you that. sharing. I didn't expect that for for listeners. Um, that we would get into that deep of it. And that's really awesome. And I commend yeah. you and your organization for what you're doing just from an outsider's perspective. And oh. I'd love to get involved again. So please Thank do you. consider if I can help. Yep. Yeah. Dana, can you talk a little bit about like creating good habits and, and talk a little bit about, you know, setting goals? Because I'm sure that you've got a lot on your plate and trying to balance yeah. all of these different components. So talk about, you know, like how important habits and goals are and, and you know, kind of like share that with our listeners a little bit. Yeah. How do you keep yourself in peak performance during all yeah. this, Dana? Tell us. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I've learned over time that I have to be realistic um, in the goals that I was setting. Um, and I found okay. that, you know, you would reach for these goals and really um, not give yourself a runaway to lead up 
um, to them so that you can be successful. Right. And so I had to take a step back. And so I, I write my goals. Um, but I'm also realistic about them and I start small. Um, so, you know, I, I yeah. tell people just like if you're trying to, you know, create a healthy eating habit, which I do all the time, you know, maybe it's eating one healthy meal mm-hmm. a week. Right. Um, yeah. And then you build up to that. If it's exercise, exercise yeah. for one minute a day. Right. And so I had to cut my goal into chunks. Um, and once I, yeah. you know, went up this tier, then it was the other one. And then, you know, figure out what is holding you back from achieving your goal, right? Maybe yeah. you don't mm-hmm. keep exercising, but the gym is 20 minutes away, right? So you just yeah. don't want to drive. So I, I <laughs> yeah. think it's important right. to understand, you know, what's stopping you um, from reaching that goal. Um, and then I think, what's the plan if you do fail, right? Um, yeah. You know, right. yes. not to judge yourself and, you know, to give yourself that grace, but also how do you focus to get back on track, right? Yeah. Um, so... I won't eat a dozen wings, uh, you know, I'll eat a dozen wings today, but I'll eat a healthy meal after it, right? Or yeah. I won't miss two yeah. workouts yeah. in a row. So it's really simple, um, simple things start off small and then you get to the um, big things. And I think eventually, you know, good habits turns to success um, and yeah. it, and that creates um, a, a space uh, for your goal to be manageable daily. So that's what I do. It it took a long time to do, but, you know, with different, you know, stickers posted, pretty journals. (laughs) Right. uh, (laughs) Journaling is important. Yeah, no, it's true. Because we do, I think we try to launch in and that's part of the problem, right? Is is, it is taking that step back and, and doing it just one thing at a time. Um, And which is why most things fail, right? Is because like you think about beginning of the year, everybody says, I'm going to lose weight, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, you know, and by why I don't know what the statistics are, but I think it's generally like by the second or third month, people have, they've already stopped, right? They're they're not, yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. A week, yes, a week, exactly. They're done. Yeah, they're not moving on with that. Yeah, started out strong. And and I think it's all of those things that you were just describing there, Dina, is you've got to start small, you've got to be realistic. And that you've got to just take it. Yeah, be very. And I know that you talk a lot about smart goals. Scott does as well. And I think, you know, though it's sometimes so much of this when I look at like the world of even self-help and that it's all just common Mm -hmm. sense. But somewhere along the line, we've convinced ourselves that it's so much more than that, uh, which is why people make millions of dollars off of self-help books, right? Is because we, and but it's some of this stuff, if you really kind of peel it back, it does come down to common sense, but you do need a guide. You you need someone to say to you, start small and and it's okay, you're going to screw up, but that doesn't mean stop. Like don't stop it now. Just look at it and go, okay, today was a Blip on the radar. Tomorrow I start again. So I'm um, so not really. Well, like it's that. funny you say somewhere along the way we made it more complicated. I think yeah. Linda, you and I even founded this pro- this podcast and this this whole concept and the notion that we can break it down and make it easier yeah, for the next generation. Exactly. I know, Dina, that's one of the, your interests in joining is how do we pay this forward, right? Yep. Yeah. How how and this is maybe rhetorical if anybody wants to take a stab at it, but how did we make it feel so daunting? When it is as simple as three right. meals a day, eight hours of sleep, and work out for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Be nice to each other. Right. Start with <laughs> being well intended. The basics. No. Yeah. Yeah. The basics. The basics. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think that's yeah. really I, nice I think, to call I out. I think we strive 
we try to strive for perfection, whatever that is in, mm-hmm. you know, people's mind. Right. And, yeah. you know, yeah. we end up having to push ourselves where it's like, OK, what are we doing here? Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, it's 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 so perfection. Perfection yeah. leads to success. You mentioned success. I know Linda has questions, and I don't mean to jump the shark on your question here, Linda. No, but go right ahead. How would you define success, yeah. Dina? How do you feel? Like you said, it's taken you a long time to get there. I imagine there's yeah. a success component for that journey that maybe you could help us understand yeah. about you. I think early on for me, um, because of what, like my first role as a employment counselor for a youth board. Um, Mm. There was always that passion, not only to make a difference, but to help people. And so that transferred into a role in government in the social work space because I wanted to, you know, um, help. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. That didn't work out, lasted maybe six months. Um, But I saw other opportunities where if I wanted to be successful in the field of public administration or government, I needed to be at the level where I can influence policy um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where I have a seat at the table. Yeah. And so yeah. really had to kind of like chart the path of how do I get there? Um, and then mm-hmm. I think what was important for me is seeing people who got there. And so yeah. my first role in How HR, do you get there? <laughs> yeah, like, I can't, like I can't help it. I was going to say, he's, I know he's going to hold that book up. He can't get through a I podcast without it. holding that book up. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get there? <laughs> right? I mean, I love it, Dana. I love it. Yeah. And you know what? Back to basics. I'm not trying to be like yeah. this like profound author of crazy new things. I love that we're relating on the concept yeah. of simplicity and basics and how do you get there and components. So I digress. Anyway, yeah, Dan, please continue. No, no, no. And, you know, I said, how, how do I get there? And it was my first role in HR. It, you know, I was hired by a newly appointed HR director, a woman of color, Um, who had a daughter who was my age. I had to move to Albany, New York. Her daughter had to move to Manhattan, New York. And so we kind of related on that level. Um, And really, I looked at her path through state government and I Mm. took to her and sat with her and say, how how can you help me get there? Um, And she did. I went through public management um, program. Um, there were certain skill sets. She said, you had to be able to do this. If you want to be in HR and, you know, do everything HR, you have to learn labor relations. You have to know how to interpret Mm -hmm. contracts. You have to have good relationships with the unions. And so what that did was she put me in spaces where those opportunities existed and connected me with people, um, who were able to help me do that. And that was within the first, um, four years of my career. Um, and then mm-hmm. since then, um, I've always had um, managers who I had great relationships with who also became mentors. Um, right. Linda, and, you know, Linda. <laughs> I know Dina is the poster child, right? I mean, she just like Can't she even. captures all of the elements. Everything. Yeah. Well, and I believe in all of this so <laughs> profoundly that it's so nice to hear you say it unsolicited, yeah, right? Yeah. It's it's so fascinating. And Linda and I have had many conversations about mentors, chapter yeah. mentors. Uh, a lot of my stories are related to, and one of the things that resonates, or a lot of my stories re- are related to my pe- my mentors and my peer groups. So that's yeah. a separate subject. But the fact that 
one of the things I want to highlight, and I think what you were saying, if I may, is that it's not always what you know. You learn about these different areas because <laughs> of who you know exactly. and who helped bring you along. And that success is driven by relationships and mentors and all the other components. Yes. And yes. we're back to why I think they're not soft skills, they're leadership skills. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yep. I if I may put words in your mouth, you no, know, no, so, no. Um, so please continue. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And you mentioned relationships, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And that is key. I, I, I Partnerships are good. Um, and I think together, you know, a, a friend of mine always uses African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. That's partnership, right? It increased the rate of success. But relationships, right, where you build those connections, right? Those key connections that are based on trust, communications, respect, (laughs) right? And to be successful, you have to be able to penetrate those relationships, Yes. Um, Yes. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that is key to success. Yeah, no. Well, and you talked about having good managers who gave you those opportunities. So talk a little bit about like, what does leadership mean to you? And what is it? What do you see as, um, as the qualities of a good leader? Yeah, so I've had the opportunity to work with some amazing leaders during different crises and not so good crisis. Um, Some were great, some were okay. Um, But I think a good leader has to be authentic. Don't mm-hmm. run away from, you know, who you are um, yeah. at, at Department of Correction. I had a commissioner, you know, he was from Maine. Right. He was a Maine guy, you know, working in New York City. Right. And so a little um, different. Proud of um, yeah. and, and whatever he needed to use. Right. Um, to leverage yeah. and have that competitive advantage because he was authentic. Right. Yeah. Um, that was important. I think good leaders build trust. Um, good leaders are inclusive, meaning they solicit other voices. Um, Mm -hmm. they give you a seat at the table. And even if you don't speak up, they pull it out of you. Right. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think good leaders have courage, which in my experience you need, you need to be able to, you know, make tough decisions, but also deliver bad news. Um, and what's key for me and I think you'll agree, and I'm sure your book says this, and we've talked about it, right? How do you carry it forward? A good leader has to be yeah. able to create a leader. You have to be able yes. to create other mm-hmm. leaders, right? Yeah. Because other leaders will create other leaders. Um, yeah. But for me, yeah. those, I think, are some of the um, key pieces and key things that you need to be um, a good leader. And then it's just a continuous journey. Um, you know, yeah. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Continuous learning. Continuous That's in there learning. Too. Yep. No, I totally <laughs> agree. Well, and thinking about that, Dina, like how do, how, what advice would you give on how do we help other people see success in themselves? Cause I think success yeah. is one of those things that is defined in a number of different ways. Right. And some people put yeah. so much focus in on things or dollars or that, but how do we help people see the success in front of them or, or even see the success yeah. in themselves? Yeah. So that's tough. Right. Because I because I and I don't know, maybe it's because I am in the HR space. I see the best in everyone. And that's the SpongeBob, Linda, you know, that you mentioned. 
Um, I see potential and I see things that they may not see. Um, And so sometimes it's what is their goal and Mm -hmm. how do they define success? Um, And it's, you know, it's usually an exercise that I go through with this younger generation. I have a 22 year old niece. So, um, you know, it's kind of like, how do you how do you want to live your life? Yeah. How 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 do you where do you want to live? House, apartment, yeah. Yeah. city. Do you want to drive? Right. And I think sometimes yeah. we have to be real because the financial component exists. Right. We have yep. to address yeah. it. So, yeah. you know, is what's the lifestyle you want? OK, so how do you yeah. get there? You know, um, what's that role? What's that yeah. job? What do you have to have to get there? Um, you know, are you, do you want to be a manager? Do you want to be told what to do? Do you want to tell others what to do? So kind of like get through of like, how do you see yourself? And then creating that roadmap of how to get there. And a lot of times it's help them reflect and see their own accomplishments and they may not see it. And you may have to go all the way back to like high school or whatever. Right. And I think sometimes you have to feel it because all of us have something, Right. Um, And so it's being able to see that and then building confidence. You know, Mm -hmm. you go back to um, that confidence piece is key to helping us navigate. Um, Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, building confidence is key. And then it's that mentoring and coaching. Yeah. Well, I I was just going to say that. that. I think that's what I hear a lot of coaching and coaching is often defined as holding a mirror up for somebody and, and how you orchestrate that conversation allows them to self-discover. And so uh, true coaching is, I think uh, what I was thinking about in your program also is nice that you have that component built in because that can be a, that can be a a driver to the success of the program on whether or not you have the right candidates Mm -hmm. in there for themselves. It's true. Well, and you know what I was thinking about as, as both of you were talking to is on one hand, I was thinking, yeah, this is really great advice for parents too, Dina. But then on the other side, I'm like, no, parents are the worst um, at being those mentor coaches in so many regards, because we have a whole different expectation of our children. Right. Um, And we, we we think they should do this and be on this path. And we've got all the advice in the world for them. And it's all done with the best of intentions. But sometimes we're the worst. And so I almost feel like it is better for them to seek out that because some of the key things that you said there were what, how do you want to live your life? Right? Because we have an Mm -hmm. idea of how we want our children to live our lives, or their lives, but how do they want to live their lives? So what's important to them, because maybe fancy cars and big houses and things aren't important, maybe for them, it's just enough to get by because the rest of the time they want to enjoy their life, they want to do this and do that. And that's what's important to them. And we're not good always as parents to embrace it. So I mean, I so as I was listening to you guys talk, I was thinking, you know, maybe that isn't great advice for parents, even though they should follow it, because I don't follow it, I know. Um, But it's like, but I think that it it really is important then for young people to seek out those mentors and those coaches and those um, people who can help them think through and and help them chart their course a little bit more. That is really critical. And it doesn't, it doesn't exist everywhere. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and to look for mentoring everywhere, like you said, Um, you know, the person doesn't have to look like you, you know, mentor um, that I mentioned who's really helped me um, in government um, to navigate, you know, white male Italian. We connected on our immigrant (laughs) background because he, his family immigrated to the U.S. when he was two. 
Um, okay. And, you know, he's basically my daughter's godfather, but, um, you know, sometimes Isn't that amazing? You know, yeah. it could be something totally different from what you're thinking. Right. Yes. Um, and so it's just yeah. having that openness, um, you know, to, to be open and to approach that person or to understand when someone's trying to help. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Uh, well, and everything you just Wonderful. talked about there ties back to God, the relationship. I love this conversation. Yeah, and yeah. this is fantastic. Well, I could talk. All target, all I know summers. I could talk to yeah. Dean all day about this stuff for sure. Um, uh, but sadly, uh, we do have to. Uh, as we wrap things up, um, we have three questions that we like to um, to kind of end our podcast with. And so, um, yes. Dina, talk about like what is a common myth about your job or field of expertise that people have. Oh my God. It's, um, you know, when we talk about rebranding HR and you sit on social media and you see all the jokes, um, you know, people think we only (laughs) act in a company's interest. They don't think we have, employees don't think we have their best interests at heart. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, because HR does so many things behind the scene to like help resolve issues and ensure employees are treated well while yeah. we're adhering to company policy. And sometimes yeah. I think um, that's missing a little bit. Um, and, you know, I tell people, imagine if HR did not exist. <laughs> it could be worse. You, right, yes, um, right. So, well, if yeah. I, yeah. so I think true. that's one of the misconceptions that we're, we only act in a company's interest and not in employees, which is that's absolutely a good not true. And, yeah. you know, no, and you know what, that, that is... Uh, that yeah. is so huge. And I will also offer that as an owner of my firm and my HR department, not only represents for the for the folks that are out in the field and working with clients and selling and managing, but they also influence company policy. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not yeah. just representing company policy in HR, yeah. you're driving company yeah, policy. That's Absolutely. a good point. So yeah. they, and they don't see the value in that either. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. very true. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good one. I <laughs> like that. We enjoyed top. that one. Yeah. No, yeah. that is right. a good one. Yeah. yeah. So my next question is, what is the most important lesson you've learned thus far over your career? I think it's to take risks. Um, I think very early mm, on in government, one. I had to learn to get out of my comfort zone. Um, mm, the mm-hmm. mentor I talked about, you know, um, I worked for him for eight years as his director of HR, and we were charting out the next path for me. Um, yeah. You know, he's like, okay, it's eight years. You know, you never stay anywhere three years. I know you're going to leave. So what's that next step? And we charted it out. Yeah. And, you know, um, the mayor de Blasio was appointed, was, uh, was, um, elected and he appointed the commissioner of department of correction. Um, mm. and one day I get a call from the commissioner saying, you know, I asked who was the best HR person in the city. And they told me it was you. Um, do Aww. you have time to come talk about an opportunity? Um, wow. next day I did. Um, and on the spot, he offered me deputy commissioner of HR where I went wow. from managing uh, HR, um, a team of five in an um, agency of 900 to an agency of 10,000 employees, yeah. law enforcement, oh, big jump. Um, and a team of 150. Um, wow. And so yeah. a yeah. lot of people told me not to do it because as you yeah. hear about <laughs> yeah. correction, Rikers, 
You know, it was right. like, yes. yes, go for two years, it's do this, you special. don't have to go, you can always come back, right. we love you here. And so, oh. you know, I took a risk in going into yeah. that space, especially not having a law enforcement background. And, you know, as you can right. understand, when you go into these structures, very power yes. military. Um, and Absolutely. the risk paid off. I got there, was deputy commissioner of HR for one year really got on with culture change and change management. And I was promoted to first deputy commissioner, the first woman um, promoted wow. deputy Wonderful. Com- uh, first deputy commissioner at department of correction, essentially the number That's two. Fantastic. Um, and so without Good. taking that risk, I would have never yeah. had that opportunity, which really ended up being um, the best career move. I love that. Yeah. That's a really good one. So our last Fantastic. question for you is what's one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? You are your best advocate. Know Ooh, your worth and one. your value. Yeah. You know your worth. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. No, I like that one. And we do get lost in that so often. Yeah. So that that's a good, simple one. I agree. Well, Dina, we have yeah. so enjoyed having you here. Um, yeah, I knew this would be great. Um, yeah, I just, uh, like I said, you made such an impression on me when I got the opportunity to <laughs> meet you in person in New York. And um, and so I always yeah. tuck those little nuggets away. And I'm like, yeah. you know, these are important yeah, no, people thank that you, we Linda. need to have I, out I really here. appreciate yeah. it and for your support. And, um, you know, thank you for inviting me. I want to get that book. Yes. Um, yes, you know, we'll get a copy of it for you sure. Get a couple I'll send of you, copies I'll send you a for copy. my team. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh, really wonderful. Love, yeah, yeah. I would love to continue the conversation because we're really yes. thinking about doing some, just creating some other cool things in that coaching um, and it. communication yeah. space. No, yeah. that'd be good. Happy to brainstorm that. No yeah. agenda other than to support the end result. So yeah. please do reach out. Um, yeah. And I will, I'll get you these, I'll get you a couple of books up to yeah. you in the, through the mail. And I'll we'd love out. to have you back next year to hear more about yeah. how the program is progressing. Yeah. So we can do a part two and hear like, you know, the success stories yeah. um, since it just launched in October. And it'd be great to have Yay. you come back and say, hey, here's all of these. Here's what we learned, uh, good and bad, right? Because yeah. there's always going to be a little bit of both. So, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that, that would be fun, especially we're trying to get foundation funding. Robinhood has yeah. kind of expressed interest in funding some part of this. So uh, Good. maybe we'll have better Good. news okay. next time we meet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, thank I you think so that's much, great. Dana. It's yeah, been a real thank pleasure. You. Yeah. Well, thank and you. thank you, Scott. Thank you. Always a pleasure to uh, be here Linda? with you. Um, always love these. And um, yeah. we're excited for uh, for what's coming next season. And, um, you know, we've yeah. got one more show this year that we'll be um, that we'll be releasing after after Dina. And um, uh, then we'll have a, a new platform, fresh new look for next year. We're yeah. super excited about it. I like it. it. We're going to brainstorm the new look and feel yeah. and maybe figure out what we can compound all this uh, wonderful knowledge we've been so like blessed Dina. this year for sure yeah. no, so great people yeah. like Dina so thank you so much for being here thank yeah. you good, thank you for good inviting thank you guys I look forward to following you guys oh wonderful well, well we'll be doing the same so we'll be watching your success yeah. um, for sure okay. well thanks thank everyone you. have a wonderful uh, rest of your day and happy holidays, uh, and happy holidays to everyone yeah thanks so much thank you An Unconventional Guide to Success is an inspirational, motivated series hosted by Scott Montgomery and Linda Misogatis, recorded on Riverside.fm. Music, editing, and production by Logan Misogatis. Check out Scott Montgomery's new book, How Did You Get Here?, and all the helpful related materials at www.howdidyougethere.com. Thank you for joining us on our journey. 
If you would like to reach out to us, our contact information is in the show notes.